Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsey, back from a three-week hiatus after a USA holiday, uh, which was much needed, but I'm really keen to get back into the Supercoach season again and fire up the pod tonight. And we've got Billy on this week, who uh, I reckon is pretty keen as well, are you, Billy? Uh, I'm keen to talk footy, mate. Not so much as keen about uh, the Eels and my, my team, but I'm, I'm keen to get in and not tell you what I'm ranked. <laughs> Well, I reckon your Eels might get a win this week against the Titans. It should be a tight one. Um, I bloody hope so, mate. I've been I've been hanging off Gutters for God knows how long now. If, if I don't get a, if I don't get any points off him or Milford this week, I'm dead set chucking the chucking the, uh, the PC in the bin, mate. <laughs> yeah, I've been up and down. The last few weeks have been pretty hard being over in the US. Um, uh, you know, the game's on at two in the morning, four in the morning and stuff. So it's been a little bit difficult, but um, I managed to move up some ranks, which was nice. And then I dropped down another thousand spots again with a really bad week last weekend. So I was going better when I was overseas, which was probably telling me something. But um, yeah, let's... Um, yeah, there's been some interesting scores while you've been away, mate. I think it's, it's probably an interesting thing. You, you, you go to bed, set your team, not think too much about it and uh, wake up the next morning and just see the benefits of uh, not trying to think too much. Yeah, there was some of that. I mean, I'll be honest, I did start late a lot and, and sort of watch the stats and stuff on my phone um, and watch bits of the game on my phone at like two in the morning and stuff. And I did it quite a bit, but um, it was really nice getting up in the morning and, and seeing all the Supercoach scores is done, not having to worry about watching the games and guys that were going bad and then they explode in the last 10 minutes and almost give you a heart attack. Like, it was, um, yeah, it was kind of a nice change actually. So um, let's get stuck in the market watch for this week. Um, and realistically at this point, market watch is very much about not just this week but the run home. We're coming up to round 21 shortly. There's not too many rounds left to go before the season's over. Head-to-head finals will be starting soon as well for the head-to-head players and for the overall players realistically. Um, most will probably be running pretty low on trades um, I've got two trades left, and I'm going to use them both this week and just go all out. Have you got many left, Billy? Yeah, I've got six. Wow. Six is a lot at this point. You're planning on just busting through them the next three weeks? No, I've only got six because I'm an idiot. I'd rather be ranked 50,000 spots higher and have zero, to be honest. But, <laughs> um, yeah, just an ordinary season. Mate. I've just uh, haven't been in the last couple of weeks because of a... Yeah, just uh, self-pity, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go through the ins because the first guy on the list is actually someone who I got in last week uh, with one trade while I was in the States um, and it worked out perfectly and that is Nathan Cleary. So Cleary um, has come back with a bang the last two weeks. So round 19, he had 80 points and round 20, he had 97 in that big comeback over Manly. Um, both of those was pretty instrumental and also um, both of those he was goal kicking, which is the big thing. Uh, and I did see that Maloney's still got some niggles as well. So the goal kicking, I would guess, is something he's probably going to hang around with. Um, he's scored 58 points a game this year and what's been a really down year. In 2017, he was at 70. And in 2016, he was at 66 points a game. 
I tend to think that um, he's going to keep pumping out high scores, and I dare say with SJ um, not going the best, that, I'm, that uh, Cleary's probably going to be the premium half for the run home. Um, do you agree with that, or do you see some risk in getting Cleary yeah. in? Oh, I don't think there's any risk in getting him in. Two reasons. Um, number one, he's got the kicking back. That was always the reason why um, not many people jumped on at the start of the year. Um, uh, also, the fact that uh, Maloney and the team um, started taking a lot of the ball to and start going left. When, when they've got, when you've got a guy like Kick out left and, and a guy like Maloney out left, um, and um, that's the way they've been playing ever since Origin too. When you saw Origin Maloney seem to take a lot of the ball too, and, and clearly took a bit of a back seat. But with uh, Maloney being a little bit sort of injured and and um, Cleary um, kicking and their draw coming up with um, Canberra, Canberra Titans, Newcastle and something like that. It's a reasonably soft draw. So if you're going to buy anyone at the moment, there's probably two or three top candidates to, to get in. And uh, uh, Apart from your score last week where you'd have your, your, th- uh, you know, your heart in your mouth for the last for sort of 10, 15 minutes, um, I, reckon he's a, I reckon he's a, yeah, you're right, he's a good candidate for the rest of the season. He's um he's the second most traded in player this week, six point one percent. I think that that's um, definitely correct. Um, the other thing I'll point out too, Billy, you you raised a really good point with the draw. I'm I've been looking heavily at Penrith players for the better part of the last few weeks, um, eyeing off the draw, and I specifically got Cleary in for that Manly game because it was Manly, Canberra, Titans, Newcastle, and the Warriors. The only hard game they have is that storm game for the very last round. So that draw is just stellar. Um, I would dare say that going through the draws, it's the best draw in the comp. I don't think there's a team that has a better one. Um, and the other thing with Cleary that I found really surprising, he's only in 12% of teams at the moment. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's surprising. Um he lost a kicking to start of the year. There's been um, Oregon as well, so it's been in and out. Um, he had a, a couple of um, a couple of rest games post Oregon too, um, or I'm not sure uh, with that the, the young rookie sort of playing. So um, yeah, it's fifteen, it's ten, fifteen percent for a reason. But the, there's also a reason why people are jumping on now, mate. His A is a decent pod, and, and and B, anyone that's looking for a severe leg up with either head to head or overall, um, he's definite VC or C option. So um, certainly, a, certainly a spoky with a with a decent, half decent low uh, low percentage ownership. So yeah, there's a reason why people are getting on, mate. I guess the other thing with the ownership too is that um, at this stage of the season, guys that are Fairly lowly owned, but starting to spring up as really good options. Not as many teams can get them in because they're running shorter trades. I know several guys who have no trades, so um, that's probably the other reason why. Because I sort of expected him to shoot up last week in ownership a little bit, and probably six percent this week getting him in is is probably a little bit low. I, I would have thought that he would have been like what well and above anybody else in, in double digits, but uh, minus eleven PE as well. Money might be an issue too. Um, a lot, there might be a fair few people that only have one trade left, and they're looking at um, maybe going Brimson to um, Brimson to Cleary, but they might be a little bit short sort of this week. So it's 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 one thing to trade Brimson to Cleary, but it's another one to trade SJ to Cleary. Six week, oh, five or six weeks out from um, end of the season, you don't want to you don't want to get rid of one gun for another gun and leave yourself short just in case of injury. So. Yeah, there's that there's that safe percentage play as well, mate. But um, I, I reckon you'll see a fair few people bringing him next bringing him in uh, next week as well. Yeah, 
Uh, and I do know uh, one catfish who um, was 4,000 short of the Brimson to Cleary trade this week because he thought he'd wait a week. So shout out to the catfish for that one. Unfortunate. <laughs> Let's move on to the second guy on our list here. He's actually the most trading player um, this week at 9.7%. And I kind of expected that to be switched around with Cleary. Latrell Mitchell, um, he's had a bumper of a season. A lot of people didn't expect him to play Origin, and obviously he shot into that team, which um, which hurt a lot of coaches, and he was sold quite a bit as well because of that. Um, last two weeks, mate, 129 points and 113 points in consecutive weeks means he's rocketed up to 587K, minus 34 BE, and he's currently averaging 63 points a game, which... If you look at last year's centre wing, it's more like 70 points a game just because of the scarcity of points in that position. Uh, he's looking fantastic, and I was trying to get him in, but I don't know if I can afford him now. Um, and I know that you were pretty keen on him. Yeah, um, I was having a look earlier. There were three guys I was kind of keen on. Cleary, Cleary, um, yeah, Cleary Mitchell, and even going as far as maybe having a look at Holmes. Um, but, yeah... I didn't get him to start the year because of those those laziness games. Um, I think if you go back to the beginning of the year, we were, we were talking on the pod about um, him scoring a 15 and a 20 um, uh, with a try in the last two games of last year. Yep. And he did have a couple, a couple of stinkers to start um, uh, this year. But if you look at his stats for the second half of the year, the blokes just got on 60, 60, 60, 100, 160. Um, so uh, he, he seems to have come out of his shell. I don't know if it was origin or if it's just you know, the roosters are gelled and he's, he's and he's putting in a bit more. But maybe he's growing into his own body and um, being a bit more force out there. But mate, the, the guy's in a team that is a dominating and b he, he, he he's kicking. So um, he's got he's got that conversion rate percentage in, in there as well. So for a centre three quarter that's punching sixties in probably one of the best teams in the comp. With a minus thirty four B, if you can afford him and you haven't got him, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure whether I'd take him out, him or him or Cleary at the moment, but um, I'm kind of leaning towards Mitchell. I I would lean towards Cleary, um, and I'm a Roosters fan. And hear me out here; might sound crazy, but um, there was actually a couple of things that um, I would say a cause for concern with Mitchell. Uh, now I don't. I'm not saying that he's not going to go well. He he may very well keep going massive, but it's just a couple of things to think about. Um, one of them is that uh, Luke Curie is out now, um, and he, he's probably going to be out for a month, um, and Ryan Madison is named at six. Ryan Madison's put on about 14 kilos to become a, a big forward for the Roosters. He's not the 580 he was three years ago. So that's a bit of um, a cause to wait and see what happens this week, I think. The other thing, too, is that you alluded to his lazy games that he had during the, the start of the year, and they were definitely there. Uh, he's only averaged as a centre 19 points in base, um, which is – it's been great that he's been scoring tries and getting the TBs and, and everything, but his base is so low that if they do have some tighter games, and I am looking at two weeks' time when they're playing South. Um, which will probably be a bit of a bloodbath, I think. Um, he may very well um, not go as well as what we've seen in the last few weeks. Uh, the last point I'll make to you, Billy, and these are just the devil's advocate ones because you need to look at both sides of it. He is owned by a huge amount of teams, a lot more than I thought he was. So uh, Latrell Mitchell is currently owned by, uh, was 33% of teams, and now a heap of teams have actually brought him in. 
Um, he's currently at 30, yeah, 33% plus we've got 10% of them bringing him in already and that's going to rise. So he's going to be owned by potentially half teams. So if you're someone like me who um, is chasing, chasing big time, I don't know if I could afford to get him in. I think I'd have to maybe risk getting someone else if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but then you're going to ask yourself which other person do you get? I mean, I um I bought Lolo two weeks ago because I was getting the shits with not only him and him scoring sort of seventy five every bloody week. So, um, what my fear factor now is if if I don't get um lateral, then he's playing the Cowboys, then he's got the Ra- uh, the Raiders after the, after the Bunnies, then he's got the the Broncos, then he goes then he's got the uh, Eels to finish off the season. So, if you don't own a guy like that and he punches a uh, hundred and ten hundred twenty in the centre three quarter position, you're pretty much chasing, chasing your tail. So I'm not sure if I, I want to just follow the pack there or whether he's, um, I just want to get him for the VC type option. But um, yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that uh, it kind of uh, scares you. He does. He, he definitely scares me not to have him. I've, I've been in two minds a lot. Um, to put it to you as well, in round six, they played South and he scored 79 points in that game, which was his fourth highest of the year. So. <laughs> maybe that South team isn't that bad. Um, he's definitely a good trade-in. I reckon he's a fantastic one. If I had more trades, I'd probably be looming to sort of plan on getting him in. Um, and if I was going better, I probably would. But um, if I was going between Cleary and Mitchell, I think I'd choose Cleary just because he's got an even better draw than Mitchell has and he's only 12% owned. So I think you're going to catch up more ground. What's uh, what's Cleary's break-even, mate? Minus 11 so if you're going to wait, you're going to be paying a lot more for him, I would say, next week. Uh, either way, you'd be paying more. One or the other. One, uh, Mitchell's minus 34, did you say? Minus 35, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, uh, both of them are going to be much more expensive next week. I mean, I think the premium trade, if you're lucky enough to be able to do it, would be um, you know, some dud centre wing plus um, Grimson or even JT to Cleary and Mitchell. You know, that, that would be a gun trade for this week. I'll have a think about it. Maybe Gutherson needs to go. Oh, I think Gutherson <laughs> needed to go six weeks ago, even three months ago. But, you know, I don't, I don't like to tell Eels supporters which of their players they need to dump. So <laughs> you, you make the decision by yourself, mate. Um, um, I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season. Well, let's move on from Latrell Mitchell. I mean, I think the consensus is that he's a gun. He's a great trade-in. And for those that don't have him or aren't going to get him, um, he's going to be very scary not to own. Um, you just got to cross your fingers, yeah. I guess, and he's going to be a bit lazy. But next on the list on the most traded in guys was actually Cameron Munster at number three, 6.1%. I know that you've been a huge Munster fan, um, but we've lamented in the past during this season how he's been a little bit down on the form that we expected from him. He's really come good of late um, with a big game on the weekend against the Raiders, 103 points. Solid 50 before that. Um, had the two weeks off. Only had a 14 in round 16, but he had a 98 and 75 the two weeks before it. So he's definitely been a hell of a lot better um, from, I guess, the first six to eight weeks of the season. Uh, averaging 62 at the moment, um, probably averaging a little bit better than that last couple of months. He's priced at 535k, BE 36. They do play Souths this week, which could be a close one, and then the Sharks. So I don't love the next two weeks of their draw, but after that, I do like the Eels and the Titans in round 23 and 24, back-to-back ones. So I guess the only other thing, Billy, to throw over to you is um, he's only available at 5'8 or fullback. 
Obviously, there's a heap of good fullbacks and it's hard to fit him in. With 5'8", um, you've got guys like Widdop already there and some other guys potentially stuck there too. Um, did you end up keeping him or did you end up selling Munster a while ago? No, I chucked him to the walls, mate. I um, needed him. I needed someone for wide cover, and I needed, and yeah, I obviously needed to sell someone. So I opted to get rid of him. I was getting um, really annoyed with his um, not not so much his low scores, but uh, having a having a heart attack every time I watched him play. The bloke would be on sort of you know twenty points, and then towards the end of the game, you'd have you'd have your heart in your mouth, and he'd eventually go over for a try. But he just didn't really look like getting through the lines. And I know what your stats sort of say otherwise lately, but I just kind of wish he produced what he's producing now at the beginning of the season. He's averaged sort of 69 in the last sort of 10 games as opposed to yeah, sort of 10 points lower earlier. Um, I, I just can't get a, a 5 eighth that's not sort of kicking goals in, in, in a team that has sort of Smith and Slater. So I've opted just to um, forget him. And if I need a fullback, uh, mate, I'll just um, bring Ponga back in over him. Yeah, I think I'd go Pong over him as well. Um, but um, something interesting that I did notice is I think he's getting a lot more involved and I think it might be a comfort thing where um, at the start of the season he wasn't as comfortable without uh, Kronk sort of there steering the ship and different halves and stuff there in the halves with him. He ran the ball 13 times um, on the weekend and made 25 tackles, um, which I thought was really encouraging because you want him running the ball, right? So... I thought that was really good, and I've noticed that a little bit um, the last couple of months that he's been running a lot more. The week prior, he ran the ball 15 times. Um, so I think that he's actually starting to do it. Yeah, look, look, he looks a lot better now than what he did at the uh, beginning of the year, but um, his highest score is 103. That was with a try and two try assists. He's not kicking goals. I don't think he's the guy that you want towards the end of the year. Um, going to break you open. I think you want a guy that can potentially score 130, 150 and I just don't see him doing it from the six, from the six position. Um, I reckon if you're going to get someone, you're much better off going um, going Cleary. Yeah, I agree. I'd much rather Cleary as well. Um, and Look, I guess he's only in 16% of teams but that's probably going to shoot up closer to 25% in the next two weeks. Um, and the big thing as well for me is the next two weeks, I don't expect him to score very well against South and the Sharks. Uh, I'm just going to guess that he's probably not going to. So it might be an advantage to steer clear of Munster. Um, I will put to you, though, uh, quite a few people are, t- are doing things like Gareth Widdop to Cameron Munster. Uh, I don't like that myself. I think Widdop's got a better run and he's going to go better and he's kicking goals, even though he's been a bit short on points lately. Um, he's just as likely to have those big scores as what Munster is. Do you agree with me or do you support that type of move of, of putting all your eggs in the Munster basket? Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I benched with it last week, but I remember looking at the draw and putting him back in this week and benching Milford. I, I can't remember who who, um, who he was playing this week, but um, I remember it being a little bit softer. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be selling with it just yet, especially not for Munster. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, number four on the list is um, Valentine Holmes. Number four, 3.9% traded in. Um, Holmes has been really good. I've actually owned him in the past a couple of times um, and had a little bit of an inkling of a run and then been really disappointed when he's fallen off the map and I've had to sell him. Um, but he's he's actually sustained this really nicely uh, for a couple of months now. Um, having said that, Billy, he's you know he's averaging 58 points in centre wing and he's got the fullback spot locked in now. But he's 650 grand and... You know, he is a guy who um, 
I guess, can go on runs and then um, have it peter out a little bit. I just feel like you're chasing the last two months' points. It's not even chasing last week's points. Um, it might be chasing the last two months' points, which means that you're even closer to him having a couple of stinkers. So I'm not keen to pay yeah. that much money for him. Yeah, but if you've got the money, I mean, why not? It's, it's the end of the season. Who really gives a crap? The guy... The guy has sort of eight eight points in tackle bus per game on average the last sort of uh, ten weeks. Um, just looking at his stats, his last ten weeks, line breaks one, three, two, one, one, two, two, zero, two, one. So he's getting through the line. Um, tries two. Going, this is this is uh, going backwards as well. Yeah. Two, one, two, none, none. One, three, one, two. So the Sharkies are getting some attack stats. And to be fair. Um, the fullback, who's not a fullback that was playing wing that actually wants to be fullback, actually was playing wing earlier this year and is now playing fullback. <laughs> <laughs> so his last, um, his last uh, just looking at the, um, the the Stats Talk site, um, you know, how um, everything is colour-coded, color the, the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, the last nine scores, all of them are, are green, half of them are in dark green apart from one, one to 40. So... His last, I'm just going to quickly um, crunch that number. Um, just Let me just tag him all and let it do the uh, auto. He's, been on, auto he's definitely been on a massive run. Average, average 80.3 in the last nine games. He's got two of those games listed at, at starting in the two and the five jersey as well. I don't know um, if he actually started on the wing in those games, but those were versus the uh, Bulldog and, and the Knights. There were a few easy games in there. Um, Canberra, Dogs, Knights, uh, Tigers... Broncos, Warriors, Penrith, Canberra, Broncos. So it was, let's, let's be honest, it was a little bit of a, an easier run. So it just depends on what his run is to finish finish off the year. If it's not that bad, then, mate, he's definitely an option. He's got that center three-quarter fullback duel. Do you have his his um, draw in front of you? Yeah, so that's he's like Luttrell. Um, Valentine Holmes scares me, not having him. Um, they've got Manly. And then they have a harder game against Melbourne. And then they've got the Cowboys, Newcastle and Dogs. And the biggest thing with that is three out of those five games to finish the season are all at Shark Park. So he has a draw and the teams and the home ground advantage to say that he could very well keep going on the run that he's had. But, but, uh, yeah. He's priced at six fifty, was it? Yeah, six fifty. So you're going to have to have a bit of bank there. You could honestly hold off on him this week, watch him play the um, Storm, hope he drops a little bit. Or no, it's just, Manly. Sorry, so, so Manly this week then plays the Storm and then hope he sort of um, stays the same or drops off a little bit. If you really want him, pick him up for the three home game run. Yeah, the last three rounds are really good games, so you could definitely hold off. I mean, I think the premium purchases in the centre wing for this week Based on form and definitely Holmes and Mitchell, so I understand why guys are jumping on him. Um, I've he's just been one of those guys that hasn't been able to sustain a run for this long, um, and he is now. So maybe that's going to continue. I guess looking at Mitchell versus Holmes, Billy um, Holmes is only owned by sixteen percent of teams, as opposed to Mitchell's thirty three percent. Is that enough for you to say if you're choosing between the two and you can only have one that you're going to go Holmes? Um. I kind of like Mitchell's kicking, but um, and I, I, w- I would probably sway towards Mitchell um, because a he's a little bit cheaper and allows me to save a little bit of coin for another upgrade like Cleary. Uh, like like uh, yeah, Cleary. Um, 
and the fact that I can I can also pick up homes in a couple of weeks if I want to. But most people only have one or two trades, so if I had to pick between the two, um, I'd probably sway towards Mitchell. Um, the guy's goal kicking and he's on fire at the moment, and he's scoring. They're scoring at the same rate, so I'd rather I would rather the centre three quarter goal kicker and probably arguably one of the best two teams in the comp, mate. Yeah, I would too. Um, and I, I'd edge towards him as well, but I'm a little bit wary of Holmes. Um, like I, I, I was talking just um, the other day about how Sean Johnson was having such a phenomenal run, and we spoke about it on this pod. Me and you, per se, Catfish, have all talked about where I look at his numbers. And then, you know, you get him in, as I did and many others, uh, for that round 17 buy, and he's just gone through the floor. Um, and his run finished very quickly. And it's been very disappointing. So a lot of those guys with those high upsides can go on those runs. And I guess I'm just a little bit scared of um, of Holmes going on a bit of a downturn because if he doesn't hit those line breaks and everything, um, you know, he doesn't have much else there. And at least Mitchell's got that goal kicking that you brought up, I guess. So I'd probably side that way as well, I think. So let's move on. Let's talk about uh, number six on the list, Madison. So Madison's been trading by 3.8% of coaches at the moment. Um, he's someone who I'm tossing up this week as well. He's been named in the sixth jersey, um, and he's managed to um, come back pretty nicely, actually. Um, he got upgraded a couple of times last round to the point that he got up to 68 points. Um, he's had a disrupted year with his injuries, but he's still averaged 63 points in centre wing as a back rower and 68, 57 points the last two weeks. We spoke about the Roosters' run being reasonable aside from that South game. Um, he's only 488k, Billy. He's another viable centre wing option, and I'm guessing that most people don't have the trades to get, you know, Madison, Holmes, and Luttrell in. Um, so I get Madison coming in instead as a cheaper one. Um, how do you feel about bringing in Ryan Madison this week as opposed to the other guys? Only because he's deemed at the six, and it seems to you would think he's probably got that locked up for the next three or four weeks. And there's only what half a dozen games left. So, um, look, a centre three quarter that's going to get his hands on the ball in one of the better teams in the comp, um, you know, two or three times a set. That's it's probably a no brainer for um, at least at least a few points. I'm not sure how he's going to go this um, this season as opposed to a couple of years ago when he was sort of um, filling in there. But um, do you know any, what any of his scores are in the sixth jersey? No, well, I don't think he's hardly played there in first grade. Um, it was only when he just first came into grade that he was doing it, and it was very little. Um, when he came over to the Roosters, and this is something that concerns me a little bit, when he came over to the Roosters, obviously, you know, from his Parramatta days, he was a big 5'8", but um, the Roosters told him when he was coming over that he was going to play in the forwards. They put him on a really heavy weight regime to get him up in um, weight. And he's put on, since he came to the Roosters a few years ago, he's put on 14 kilos. So he's a guy who's, a, who's close to 114 kilos and 6 foot 4 now. And he, he's well removed from being a ball playing 6. So I am a little bit wary as to A, whether the Roosters pull a shifty. They've got O'Sullivan. Um, in the reserves, whether they pull a late change and they have O'Sullivan coming from the 18 jumper, um, that might happen. Um, or whether, you know, Madison's not really going to get his hands on the ball that much um, or be much of a, a six, whether he's going to be more of a running 5'8 and just play his normal role on the edge sort of thing. So 
I'm not too sure, to be honest, and there isn't many stats of him playing at number six in the NRL. Hold on, I got it. Uh, four games listed starting at six in 2016 for an average of average points 50-50. So he scored, I don't know, oh, the last game he scored 10. Scored 64, 44, 45, and a 10, 80% of those points were in base. So, yeah, you're looking at... Yeah, so you're looking at sort of 40, 40-ish points in base. And he had one try assist in those games, so he's now playing. He's now playing in a dominant in a dominant team with with a lot of a lot of first grade experience behind him, mate. Um, I'd like to think he would go well. Might, might take him a, a game or two to find his feet, but at that sort of price, um, if you can't if you can't afford uh, Holmes or um, uh, Holmes or what's his name um, uh, Mitchell, then yeah. But look, most people probably own him anyway. So if you haven't sold him, just chuck him in and play him. Well, funny that you say that because one of the things that was appealing um, with Madison was his ownership had dropped a lot. A lot of people jumped off him um, and had been jumping off him. So uh, he's close to pod status, um, or he was last week. He's jumped up to 15% now, but he's only owned by 15% of teams, so it's not going up hugely. So um, just noticed something. That, that last game at six, he only played 13 minutes. It was either an injury or so... Three, ga- three games at number six, he's averaged 51 to 80% with um, most of that base, 40, 40 to 45 points, and that was base. Yeah, I think you can uh, – I mean, those stats are from a while ago. It's a small sample size, but I think that they also say that he's probably going to do what he's been doing anyway, so he's probably not going to change as far as the points. So if you're happy with him you know, getting his 55 to 65 points, I think that you're probably going to get that out of him. Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah, it was actually really consistent, mate. Um, we scored 45 in base in all three of those games. There's the game where he scored 65, he had a, uh, an LBA TS for the extra 20 points. So, yeah, 45, 45, 45 points. Is it. So, 45, 44, 45 is pretty much what he scored, bang on, just being on the field for 80 minutes in the six jersey. Yeah, so I think that that's. I think you're going to get pretty much the same as what we've had. He does have, he does have the ability to maybe get some attack, though. Um, the cows on that edge, uh, I think, are pretty weak. Um, the Raiders can be as well, and certainly the Eels can be too. So three out of the next five, I would say, he's got some reasonable chance of hitting some some attack. Um, so I'm actually considering getting him instead of a Mitchell or a Holmes, um, only because I don't know if I can afford those guys and also because he's going to give you that solidarity of knowing that you got at least 50 points just sitting there, um, which I kind of need because I've got some riskier center wings that I'm playing with at the moment. So I, I definitely see him as um, maybe even a safer option for the money than what the um, other two center wings are for this week's trade-ins. Yep, done. Um, so let's go on to off the uh, most traded in guys for our last guy that we'll talk about, and it's one of your favorites, Billy, Nathan Brown. Uh, I'm really surprised that more people haven't been talking about Brownie. He's um, he's gone up to 80 minutes a couple of weeks ago, um, and he's gone pretty well. Um, and this week again, you mentioned the bench that the Eels are named. It looks like he's going to keep getting um, pretty much 80 minutes going forward. He's scored 61 and 72 points the last two weeks, um, and out of that, 55 and 72 were in base. Um, so... Pretty decent game this week against the Titans as well. Only four five hundred twenty-four thousand. Um, he looks like he represents really good value to me for a trading. 
Yeah, he just plays for a rubbish team, mate. That's all. <laughs> um, no, honestly, um, the um, the game two weeks ago, I had him on the bench. I wasn't paying attention and didn't realise that um, a utility had come on there. Um, so it wasn't just the four big boppers. And yeah, he um, he got eighty minutes or, or close to. It. I didn't check the stats, but I remember the guy saying he pretty much played a full game. Um, uh, similar similar last week had a, had a utility on the bench, so he played some half decent minutes. But you'd expect him to do the, um, the, the absolute minimum the same this week, if not more. The reason is they've got that. Um, they've got a. I think I think I read Pritchard is injured, so they've got a, um, a young a young kid playing not starting nine. They've got a they've got a um, an interchange for him, and you've got. Um, Tucker Aggie, I think it's Tucker. Yeah, Tucker Aggie's on the bench. He, he, he's not a he's not a mill forward, mate. So, and you've got um, um Kane Evans back on the bench too, and he's only a twenty five minute player. So, he's a small minute, small minute, big impact guy, or supposedly so. Surely, uh, surely that means Brown's going to play eighty or or, or, or cl- as close to it as possible, mate. They, they, they need some respect back. So, I reckon I reckon he's up for a big one this week, and. Even if he doesn't go over the line, that surely those big minute, um, you, you can expect a big minute, big base type game from him. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like him. I'm probably going to get him in this week. Um, he's if he's going to score some some tries or line breaks, it's probably going to be this week against the Titans. I think that they're pretty susceptible. Um, so I I like it. It's at home in ANZ as well. It's not up at the, on the Gold Coast. So I really like him yeah, to buy this week. Yeah, I'd rather play him over. Um, should who's the Titans thirteen? Arrow, your boy. Uh, I play it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. Well, I mean, back myself a bit more. I captain Arrow five weeks in a row, and then sold him, and then he scored a hundred or a hundred, and then I bought him back, and then he got injured. <laughs> <laughs> just can't take, just can't take a trick. Well, the other good thing I like about Brown is he's only owned by eight percent of teams, so he is a pod. Um, and he's a pod in the second row. He's going to bust out, you know, a minimum of 60 points anyway, playing 80 minutes. You, you guaranteed that. Um, and with other guys sort of falling off like Lolo and stuff, um, I reckon he's a great option. I'm going to pose a question yeah. to you, Billy. I've got a bit of a theory that I'm going to roll with, I think. Um, I am someone who didn't get enough time or money to get Jake Trevojevic in, so I've been running without him. And I had planned to get him in for the last sort of six or seven weeks, and it hasn't happened. I'm now short on trades, um, and I really want to get one centre wing in with one of my trades. And with my final trade, I'm considering um, getting Nathan Brown instead of Trevojevic, purely because um, I reckon that they might uh, pump out similar numbers. Um, but Brown is cheaper, and he's owned by only 8% of teams compared to Trevojevic's, you know, 50% of teams. So do you reckon I could end I would, up all right with that? I would only do that if the if you think the yield bench is going to stay the same, mate, because um, Trevojevic can punch 65-70 doing nothing. Yeah, it's been funny. Trevojevic has played, been played punching that, 65 every week. Almost every week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he does that doing nothing, mate. Um, um, turbo. Um, Gerbo, Gerbo. Not Turbo. Gerbo. Turbo has been pretty quiet lately, hasn't he? Yeah, Turbo has Five-year been. Five-year standards. Um, yeah, and when, when, when he's quiet, I mean, he's not sort of getting the, the offload LBAs from, from his brother. So yeah. if Turbo's been quiet, then Jake's been then Jake's kind of been a bit quiet, which which means that the, those 65 scores that he's been getting, that's just run of the mill, him, him just being on the field, mate, and they've been crunched a couple of times. So 
if you had the money, I'd still go Jervo over Brown. But yeah, Brown Brown's a solid option if you want to play play him over a Lolo type person who's got nothing really to play for as a ten million dollar investment. <laughs> or Nathan Brown got much to play for. Yeah, but he's not getting a million dollars a year. They, they don't need to protect um, a guy like a guy like him like they do like Lolo. If, if Lolo gets injured and, and they don't have him on the field for six months, then mate, they're in all sorts. If, if Brown's off the field, yeah, you, you lose you lose a bit of the engine room, but um, yeah, he, he's not he's not he's not a Lolo, mate. Yeah, it's true, um, and. I guess the thing that I like about the Eels season is um, there were some articles a couple of weeks ago where, you know, Nathan Brown was talking about wanting to play 80 minutes and the coach asking him to do a few things in his game and you give it to him. And he's giving him the 80 minutes now to see how he goes and that's what Nathan wants to be. If you've got five rounds left and your season's over, um, I dare say that, they'll, that Arthur will try and keep Brown happy and just give him the 80 minutes to see how he goes because he's wanted to play yeah, that all year. He's a bit of a ball player too. Like he, he throws it around. He just hasn't had any luck with getting anyone um, through um, through the line. And I think he had a. He's, he's pretty lean um, this year by his standards, but line breaks and tries. He's um, he had a bit of a breakout uh, season last year. I, re- I reckon he'll get a couple before the the year is out. But if you're going to um, throw your money on, um, on on someone to try and win a comp, mate, I'd, I'd probably still be on Jervo over him. Just me, but. Yeah, it's going to be a tough decision for me. It really is because it's going to change who I can get in my centre wing if I get um, Jerbo being he's more expensive. But yeah. tough choice anyway, this week. I think we've done it. Um, so let's look at the pods before we look at a few outs to talk about. Um, now we spoke about Penrith Straw, and there's a few big balls pods in that Penrith backline that I just want to touch on. Uh, first of all, I tell you someone who has gone completely under the radar, Wanga Blake has had a phenomenal month of football, um, 500,000 almost, 497. So it would be a very, very brave man that would get Wanga Blake into the centre wing with all these other options. But he has scored the last four weeks since he came back from being out for an extended period, 59, 91, 73, 82. All of those have had a try in them. But out of, um, you know, he scored eight tries in his nine games this season and these last four in a row. The draw for Penrith we spoke about, but Canberra, Gold Coast, Newcastle, New Zealand, before they hit Melbourne in the last round, uh, he has been phenomenal. Um, And as far as pods go, he's barely owned by anybody. So he he really stands out to me. Yeah, but those games where he scored a try also included a try assist. You really want to get a guy that scored a try and a try assist for a 73 and an 82. That's a, it's a bit of a attack to maintain. I know they have a good run, but um, I'd rather just take my hacks and play um, Cleary with um, uh, left edge forward, number 11, kicker. I'd rather just I'd rather just take a punt and kick at running Cleary and kick out, mate. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't think I can pay 497k for him, but it's interesting. He's been um, one of the better centre-wing options for the last month of football since he's come back from injury, and they do have a fantastic run coming. So you'd be a brave man to back him to continue it. I agree with you 100%, but um, he's worth mentioning as someone who doesn't get talked about because there is a chance that he keeps on with that form, and if he does, um, yeah, he could be the ultimate pod. I think you're right. I think solid pod if you want one person who you can play for one, maybe two weeks. Um, If you think they're up against a really, really weak sort of edge-type defense, 
Um, but you want to only play. Uh, he's, he's got a couple of low scores in him if they don't do any well. Um, first of the dogs. First of the first of the dogs scored seventeen. North Queensland scored seventy five. First of the eels, he scored twenty two. Um, yeah, I'd be kind of wary there, man. Well, the reason that he actually came up is because um, I was having a look the last couple of weeks at Josh Mansell, and uh, he's only 400k, and he's really cheap, but I've been so disappointed in what I've seen from him. He's um, got to try the last two weeks. Hasn't been running like he used to. No, and he's got, he's got to try the last two weeks, and he scored 41 and 51 points. That's pretty disgraceful by Mansell standards. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean... He's, he's just as likely now to, to put an egg in her face and go on a massive run of try scoring and um, hit up Canberra and Titans and Newcastle and the Warriors with with two tries a game for the next four weeks. So I won't take too much about the I want I know one person who'll be slapping the C on him every week, but his biggest fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, referring to Benny, eh? Yes, mate, 100%. <laughs> he's, he's had a go at um, slapping the sea on every other pen of player he's owned, so I'm sure Mansour's going to get a bit of a go soon. Um, I, I'm still, I was considering getting Mansour in, but um, he just hasn't shown enough. But this draw that they've got, he's still probably not going to score enough in it. Um, but the, the other pod that we were going to talk about instead of Blake was uh, Peachy. So, again, like these are ultimate pods. They're not, um, <laughs> they're not certain things to come off, but... If you're looking at a hand grenade and you've got a really solid side that's consistent and you want to throw someone in for some bigger points or you're really chasing, um, Peachy has now scored 68 and 59 points the last two weeks. He's only 426k. Assuming that he does keep the number one jersey, Billy, um, he starts to become a little bit interesting as a dual center in second row. With the um, with the run that I got, mate, yeah, definitely interesting. Um, I can't do him. I couldn't do him though. I've still got bad memories from a couple of years ago. I think I made a. I bought him in a. What do you call it? Um, uh, in a, in, I bought him in a draft comp. I got confused. I thought he was Peachy. I got confused with the names and. <laughs> I, got, I got shafted. I, I, I sold. I sold Cardi for uh, what I thought was was uh, Peachy and Fergus. You know, with Walker Blake and some piece of crap. I can't even remember his name. So name of so, I um. I can't do it, I can see the appeal. Yeah, I got shafted by Brownie, mate. Shout there, Brownie. We miss you, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, I guess the other caveat that we've got to throw in there with Peachy is um, the big risk is um, if he doesn't have that number one jersey, he could be on the bench. Um, and with their centres, I think that that's the case. He's either going to be number one or he's going to be a bench utility. Um, that's quite a bit of risk. But, you know, if you want to be brave... He's Edward's season. Oh, sorry, I yeah, missed the memo. Yeah, yeah, this season. So they had Crichton on the wing who got dropped um, and they've uh, shuffled everyone around so Peachy can play at fullback. Well, so. well, you'd like to think that in their position they're not going to start They're not going to start mucking around with a, um, a different fullback every week and shuffling them around. They, they want to solidify themselves for the finals. So if um, whoever has got named in the fullback spot does uh, does well or is re- reasonably reasonably solid under the high ball, um, you can be pretty sure they're going to stay there. Yeah, I think so as well. So um, yeah, I, you know, Peachy might be a, a shot in the dark pod for people. Uh, I, I do think they're going to put in a lot of points against Canberra and the Gold Coast the next two weeks. So you know, Penrith players in the next two weeks, I think, are going to score really well. So 
even if he's just a short term one. What's Putin's availability? So is he centre three quarter second row or five eight second row? Oh, centre three quarter second row. Yeah, so we'd be buying him as a centre wing for sure. Um, it would just be to throw in the centre wing spot. 59 last week with, sorry, I'm just having a very, very quick look at his stats. I didn't know. One try assist, one two line break assists, eight points in tackle busts. Didn't really have, he doesn't really have much of a work rate. Um, 19 points in hit ups, only five tackles. Well, you know, you're not going to get many tackles back there, but I th- look, I think there's room for improvement. His draw is pretty good, no offloads. They didn't score a try. Look for what would he score? A a sixty sixty eight with a try, Ten to agree, mate. Ten to agree. Two line breaks, two line breakers, two line break assists, some t- ten points in TBs. Uh, yeah, I, I see. I see the appeal. I think at his price, he's a pretty decent smoky. With that draw, if he can, if he, can, if he gets a, a couple of attacking uh, stats in one game, you'll be looking at an 80, 80 to ninety-ish type score. So, I think, um, yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think Peachy could be the, the, a very well priced. Uh, a uh, pod for anyone at the top of the draw looking for a smoky to give, to give themselves that edge. Would you, um, to finish off on Peachy, would you pick Peachy over Madison? At this point of the season, yes, I probably would. Uh, because I think he can score the same. His his position is probably probably a little bit more secure. I mean, that there is a chance that Madison doesn't perform and is... is, is, is um, uh, relegated the bench and they bring someone else on. I don't know. I don't know what the Chooks' depth is like, though, or who they would bring in for that for that role. I just think with um, uh, Penrith's run, uh, the fact that Peachy is is a is a, uh, uh, so has it has a decent draw and, a, and looks like he's averaging around sixty two in the couple in the couple of games there with just one try and a, and a try assist um, at at a very very low ownership and a very very and a, and a reasonable price. Um, I think you've almost talked me into sort of getting um, him and him and Cleary, but yeah, I mean, I would like to do that as well, but not enough trades for me. I don't have the six like you, so let's move on, mate. There's not as many outs to talk about, which is why we spoke about the ins a lot um, at this point of the season. Obviously, you don't have guys ripening up as much and needing to sell, um, but the top sold guy is really interesting to me, uh, Jai Arrow. He's number one sold at the moment at 6.3%. He's obviously had a bad couple of weeks with that knee injury um, that's really held him back. So he's only scored 43 and 38 points and had two weeks off before that, including the bye. Um, he's 586K, but he's got 126 BE. The money and stuff shouldn't matter as much like you said. So his BE shouldn't be making people sell him. It should be if they think he's yeah. not going to um, hit back to form. I am a bit worried about his uh, PCL injury. I'm wondering how long it's going to take for him to recover. But to be fair, it was, you know, before his last two games, he scored 105 and 90 in that two-week run. So I'm in a bit two minds on this one. I'm going to need you to convince me one way or another. Yeah, he played um, 46 and 41 minutes. That's that's, uh, kind of a deal-breaker in itself. The fact that they can't make, um, they can't really make the finals. Um, 
how much do you think he's going to be risked? And if if he is risked, how, how many minutes do you think he's actually going to play? But I think those two questions come in, come into play. So yeah, I, I for one, if you own him, I wouldn't be starting him this week. Um, and if you have and if you have the trades, he's he's certainly um, someone you could use to sell at the price before he drops. But um, yeah, I'm just going to bench him and play someone else. I think I'm, I'm not going to sell him just in case he he comes he comes good and I can play him the last two or three games of the season. But um, for now, I'm not touching him. Yeah, and I guess that's the hard thing for me um, when I'm looking at it. I'm kind of agreeing with the guys that are selling him mainly because you're not going to be able to play him this week. You're probably going to be waiting two weeks and then going, oh, I can't complain can again. And then there's only three weeks left in the season. So if you want to have some options for the next two weeks. Um, he's probably going to be a really good sell. And the reality is, mate, we might wait two weeks and he still might just keep getting low minutes anyway, even if his knee does come good. So then it's just a case of him just sitting there. So um, You'd want to make sure you're selling him for the right person, but because if you're in the top sort of 10, 20, and you're, um, you're looking for, for an edge, um, not playing him this week would, would be one thing, but... Um, your team's pretty much probably full strength anyway. Who would you actually sell him to that you think is going to out, out, uh, out, outscore his replacement by sort of twenty to thirty points? Because you're not going to be you're not going to be playing him anyway, so you want to make sure you get the right purchase. I think Jayari to Nathan Brown is a gun trade that not many people have been looking at at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a solid sixty-five points this week. And an eight percent ownership as well. So yeah, I mean, Jai Arrow to to Turbo is also one. They're both just about the same price. Um, that's another one. If you don't have Jerbo, you can you can jump on there. Um, and probably Brown is the only other one, I guess, that you could do it with. Um, if you have if if you have a um if you had a vacant centre three quarter spot, oh, sorry, a vacant fullback spot, um, not everyone would have um, bought Ponga back in yet. You could probably sell a centre three quarter or fullback or whoever you've got down there. Take your um, your Cody Walker or Munster or whoever you got at five eight down to fullback, um, Brimson down to Brimson down to six and bring in Cleary. Yep. Um, well, speaking about since we're going into halves talk, the other guy, number three on the list is Gareth Widdop at 3.7% of coaches selling him. Um, Arrow I was in two minds about, and I could see the argument for both ways. Widdop, I cannot see why people would be selling him, um, or at least I don't think it makes that much sense. The um, He hasn't had a great run, but I mean, 25 points against the Chooks on the weekend. I think a lot of people, I mean, I benched him. I know you benched him as well. The two weeks before that, he was 65 and 71 points. And he, he did start the season on fire, but he's got a run of games now where they're playing the Warriors at Wynn Stadium and they could put up a cricket score there. Uh, the Eels at ANZ is the week after that. And then they've got the Tigers, um, the Bulldogs and the Knights. So the Dragons run yeah. rivals Penrith's run for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. He's got... Um Right now, he's got that type of run that he had to start the year, and the reason um, that's the type of um, draw that ended up getting him up near, what, 800,000? Um, so, yeah, if you own him, play him. Yeah, and if you um, are thinking about selling him, I'd be looking at someone else. I just don't see it as being worth it, especially if you're going a, a wit up to Munster, um, like we've seen. 
Uh, I just don't see that as being at all worth it. You need to sell your other 5'8 and keep Witt up there because his run is just way too good. Um, Penrith, I reckon, has got the best run, and I reckon that the Dragons have got the second best. Would you slap a C on him this week, or would you um, wait till he's got a game under his belt with a bit of with a bit of form before you do it? Because I'm chasing, um, I would slap. I would just slap the C um, if I needed to. But I mean, having said that, he's a he might be an easy VC because he's playing the fourth game, so you do have four games afterwards. Um, and my loop player would be um, a Canberra player who's playing the last round, so. I think a lot of people could go to the safe route in DC, which I think is really good. Um, but if you're chasing like I am, uh, you know, he's got the goal kicking, so C couldn't be too bad. Yeah, I'm chasing, mate. I'm looking <laughs> for an outright C somewhere. All right, well, definitely wouldn't be selling with it. Um, and another guy who's interesting, um, Tamola, Lolo's been spoken about a little bit um, as far as selling him. He's had a disappointing couple of weeks. And I guess uh, with Lolo, he's a guy in a Cowboys side, like you said, who's getting paid big dollars and has just had Matt Scott and uh, McLean come back from injury in the middle. So they've got a bit more depth there now. And um, conversely, um, that meant that he's played 61 minutes on the weekend, 73 the week before, 46 the week before that. Um, I'm anticipating that maybe his minutes aren't going to be that great for the rest of the year because they don't want to run him into the ground. But his scores of 47, 63 and 50 have been far and away his worst three-game run, um, you know, for the last few months. So I understand why guys are disappointed. I don't know if I'd be selling him, though. Um, what are your thoughts on Lolo being that you brought him in a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to do, mate. I only bought him two weeks ago and he punches that stuff so he, he, he's, he's basically throwing up the scores now which I thought he would at the beginning of the year getting 45 to 50 minutes so if I sell him now I don't know he goes probably goes back to scoring 70 points but I don't see I don't see how he does I reckon he gets rested but yeah I, I don't know mate I, 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 um, I did the fold of the sheet thing but I bought him about sort of you know, sort of 10 rounds too late and it wasn't exactly a shit movie. Um, turns out you actually needed him for Origin. It was just a dumb move not buying him earlier. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't really don't want to play him. Um, I probably won't. I might just chuck him on, on the bench. So. Well, good just strategy for him. Play over him. That's all. Well, the good strategy for him is probably going to be to bench him. Um, and I, I would say, like the next three weeks, they play the Roosters, Broncos, and Sharks. But the last two rounds for the Cowboys, they play Para and the Gold Coast. So I tend to think that Lolo could do pretty well against Para and the Gold Coast. I think Para's pack gives away the most super coach points to opposing forwards and the Gold Coast uh, are pretty pretty up there as well. So it might just be a case of just playing smart with him and just benching him for a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks, and just using him nah, for that I'm, two weeks. I might even just sell him move Oats up the second row and then bring in, I don't know, lateral or... I don't know, um, yeah, lateral or Holmes um, down there, and um, use 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 the um, if if there's any type of coin saving there, use that to update update Brimson to Cleary. Yeah, I mean the other tough thing with doing that is that you might end up getting stuck with playing Oates at one point, and you probably don't want to do that. But no, nah, I've got plenty of depth. But yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I mean one of the things with Tom Alolo's fall from grace that's made it hard for owners, I think, is. 
Um, we were blessed with a lot of great second row players that were doing really well um, a few months ago. And a lot of them have now started to fail at the end of the season. So it's become a lot harder. Um, you know, Arrow has fallen off a cliff, obviously, and been injured. Tom Alolo has fallen off and been injured. Um, there's been some other ones as well, like Fitzgibbon came really good on the weekend. He played great. Um, but, you know, a month ago, he had a really big drop in form as well and wasn't playing that well. So Tohu Harris has been out injured and he's been one of the best secondary forwards up until about eight weeks ago. So I think that a lot of guys' um, depth in the secondary has been tested a lot as well. So for me, I, I don't think I can afford to sell Tom Malolo just because I've got all these other guys sitting around that have been, you know, hurt like Arrow and Tohu and stuff. Yeah, I think one of the lessons out of this is one that I'm going to learn for myself is um, next year, um, a not so don't don't worry about price uh, price too price too much. Just I mean, especially in the forwards, if a guy if a guy is priced at seventy, you're still going to punch a minimum sort of sixty scores out. It's a nice base to have. But where I was going off that point is, um, I think youth plays a big factor. I mean. Guys that guys that are young are indispensable sort of. They they have that extra indestructibility about them, so um, they don't get injured as much. So if you can get a, a 22, 23, 24 year old sort of lock um, playing eighty minutes or an edgy an edgy in a solid team playing eighty minutes at that sort of age that has a, a good base, they're probably good guys to have in your team because even if they're if they're injured, they'll either play through it or they'll come back pretty quickly. And they they generally don't have those sort of five, six, seven, seven weeks sort of layoffs that sort of come back to haunt you. Yeah. Uh, well, at the end of this season, we'll do a bit of a wrap up and we'll talk about our biggest lessons from the year. So uh, let's save yeah. save some of that good stuff, Billy. So we're not going to talk too much about any more outs. Um, pretty. Pretty different this time of year. So let's um, head into the games for the matchups for the week. Um, pretty good set of games this week as well. Um, looking forward to them quite a bit. I think for Supercoach, there's going to be some really good scoring this week. Um, and the first week, uh, the first game, sorry, um, we've actually got the Dogs versus the Broncos. Um, so a lot of good things in this one. Um, first of all, Teams-wise, the Bulldogs have got Falalo starting at prop because Clem is out um, with his suspension and uh, Chris Smith is making his debut off the bench. Broncos got the same side, though. Um, unchanged 17. So a couple of things for this one for me, Billy, and then you can tell me what your highlights are for it. Uh, I'm considering... I did consider VC Reese Martin for this one. Um, I thought it might be a good game for him. Um, I am, I've really enjoyed starting him every week. He's been fantastic. Uh, the other highlight for me is I'm exceptionally happy that our boy TPJ is um, still starting in the second row. Hopefully he gets some bigger minutes. Um, and I'm also hoping that my investment in Oates is going to fire and he's going to get a double against the dogs. Yeah, to me, his injury concerns me. Um, um... Yeah, he did, he did score 50. Uh, first, how many minutes did he play last week, do you know? Because it certainly wasn't 80. No, it definitely wasn't 80. Um, I, I think it was around 55 for his 55 points. Yeah, look, if, he can get, if he can get 55 minutes and score and score 55 points, then yeah, okay, that's, uh, it's okay. It's not, it's not that great for this time of year. But the fact they're playing the Dogs and the, and the Broncos seem to be uh, in a bit of a form, in a bit of form. Um, hopefully, he can go over the line and, and score a, a try or two tries and play longer than 15 minutes. I think uh, he was, uh, he's uh, actually listed as 72 minutes, though. Last week was he? Yeah, he's listed as 72. I thought he played a lot less than that, but. 
He's apparently uh, played uh, 72. Uh, did, did, did he come back on five minutes before halftime due to an injury? Yeah, he did. I, I remember it now, yeah. So it actually was a really bad PPM for so, him. So, so he wasn't planned to come back, so he probably would have played for 60, 65, maybe. Yeah, he would have been playing um, 55 minutes. You can pretty much guarantee that 50 to 55. Um, and that 50 minutes is a, is a bit of a, a bad area for him. He's not going to do real well if you're starting him at 50 minutes. Yeah, look, okay, look, um, my analysis of this is um, I, um, if you don't have to play him, I'd, yeah, I'd kind of sway away from it. But if, if you're only if you're only he's, he's up against the dogs, he's one of those guys that can go over the barge over the line and, and, and go all right. So look, I'll probably sort of play him this week. I'll, I'll play him over Lolo, that's for sure. Um, but um, 55 minutes of Pangai Junior on an edge versus the dogs, as opposed to 55 minutes or 50 minutes of Lolo up the middle. Um, I think I'll take Pangai Junior. So um, yeah, he, he's one that stands out. Um, Milford. Um, I know it's the dogs, but it's away from it's away from um, Suncorp, and I just can't stand Milford at the moment, so I wouldn't play him. Um, I wouldn't play Oates um, purely because it's away from home. Relies on Milford. He scored fifty or fifty-five last week with a try. I think Isaac might be might be a bit of a smoky. Um, there's some points on offer versus the dogs um, if they step up. And he's any uh, actually hold on. Did, did he get dog kicking take away taken away off him last week? Hasn't he got tightness in the handy or something? He did last week. Um, whether that's temporary or not, I think it might have just been for that yeah. game, though. So he should be kicking again, hopefully. If he's kicking again, I think he's an option. Um, apart from the do- uh, but looking at the dogs, the only person that would go anywhere near is the obvious one. Yeah, Mark. I think so as well. I'm, I'm actually going to consider playing Oates, so might be cool for this one. Corey Oates double. There we go. Got to make the big calls, mate. So let's move on to the next one. We got the Knights versus Tigers. First Friday night game. Um, really good matchups this week. The Tigers have got Robbie Rocco back. He's replacing the Queen and got his one game in first grade and then he's gone again. Uh, Connor Watson's back for the Knights, which is good. Um, and then we've got Corey Dennis replacing Ross at centre. JJ Felice from the Tigers makes his debut with SESE starting at prop and Lilliman out. So... I want to see whether Lachlan Fitzgibbon can continue his form. He was um, running some outstanding lines last week, and Caelan Ponga was looking outstanding as well. And he probably looked like a better player than his 65 points suggested as well. For the Tigers, my man of Sun Masters has become my favourite centre wing, so I reckon that he might have a bit of a day out as well, and I, um, I might even consider the VC on him again. Yeah, had a little bit of a quiet patch for um, two or three weeks, but he stepped he stepped out lately. So um, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I chucked the VC on him, but I don't think he, he can go large enough to get a score. Um, uh, actually, I'll take that back. Maybe this time of year, if you haven't got anyone on your bench sticking it up with sort of tens or fifteens or twenty type scores, then yeah, you chuck it on him. On uh, just on the um, Fitzgibbon thing, did he end up? Starting at thirteen last week, or did he start on the edge? No, he was on the edge. He was okay. You know, I can't touch. It. I can't do him. Um, he's one of those guys that you look at at the beginning of the year and think, "Oh, that's 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 a lot of coin for an edge." He's, he needs tries to tries to um, be worth his coin, but he goes over. Then again, then again, then again, then again, then he doesn't. And you think, "Oh, decision justified." Then again, then again, the bloke is dead. Uh, a try scoring freak. Um, He's I got nine tries. I, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't buy him right now, but if I had him, my God, I'd be playing him. Um, Tiger's playing an expansive game, so there's probably more, I reckon there's a lot more points in the uh, in the edge forwards in the um, in the seven three quarters um, than than the uh, than the, than the um, forwards. Sorry, potential which due to due to expansive type game and the scoring opportunities. Well, who would I play? Probably. Um, yeah, probably just just Ponga Ponga Fitzgibbon. In a no fallen masters this week, I reckon. Oh, and Farrow, if you earned him, actually, actually yeah, and Farrow, if you earned him. Yeah, I actually, um, I'm interested to see how this game rolls because I think the Tigers have really smelled some blood in the water with the way the Warriors threw that game away on the weekend. It's given the Tigers a sniff to get into the eight still. They're um, they're two wins out of the eight. Yeah, you think they need a win. Yeah, they have to win. Like it's going to be a big game for them. I think the Tigers are going to be fired up, and um, I actually think they might really give it to the Knights a little bit. Um, the Knights have played pretty well, but the Tigers really have to win, and the Knights' season's over, so it's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to go for a Ursa Masters hundred points this week. That's going to be my big call. I reckon he's going to score a try and kick about six goals. Right. It would be nice, mate. It would be nice. He's been the only good thing in my centre wing for most of the season, it seems like. Uh, next one is South Sydney versus Storm. Um, so this is a big matchup, the first big one of the heavyweights of the round. Um, the Storm have got Ryan Hoffman returning, Stimson dropping back to the bench, and Bleeder reserves. Um, Fanuka starts a lock with Kenny Bromwich to the bench, so nothing real special for Supercoach. Um, and the South Sydney Rabbitohs remain unchanged. So I'm really looking forward to this game for real-life football reasons, Billy. It's going to be a good one to watch for um, Supercoach. I dare say that I'm going to um, be a bit worried about playing anyone um, that isn't Cameron Smith or Damien Cook. Um, Sam Burgess should be fine as well, but those guys that are relying on a bit of attack like Cody Walker and Alex Johnston, um, they scare me a little bit, maybe Cameron Munster too. Probably scares me quite a bit. Yeah, I'm shooting myself as a Crichton and Johnson owner at the moment. <laughs> Not sure what to do there. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll Lolo might get around. <laughs> after, <laughs> after, all after, that. All that. after all that, after all that, no, I have still got Barnett. I realised he uh, might just get rid of him. He's done his job. Well, not really. He did. He did it a couple of weeks ago, but it was way too late by then. I'm, um, I might even bench Johnson this week. I'm not sure. I'm really, really not sure. Um, depends. It depends if I end up getting um, one of those, uh, one of those guys in that we talked about earlier. Yeah, I, if you had a choice of a Whitup or a Walker this week, I wouldn't be playing Walker. I'd be playing Whitup. I'd bench him. Um, Cook, I'd definitely play. He's got the, the guys just the beast. Burgess, I'd play. Um, Crichton's still going to get his um, his, his edge row sort of fifty fifty five. You would think. Um, so I'd probably still play him. Johnson is the only one I, w- I would think about maybe benching this week. Uh, as as for Storm, if mate, if you got any Storm guys that you think are going to step up, I wouldn't I wouldn't bench any of them. They're all they're all machines. If you had Monster, Monster, you'd still play him. Um, South, some one of those teams will turn up. Um, turn up if they feel like them. If they don't, then the Storm, the storm will just steam well. They are at home, but um, they they are coming off. Um, a pretty ordinary performance versus the Eels. Maybe they're going to rock it up. I reckon you'll see a different, a different Rabbitohs team this week, but I'd, uh, I'd be, I'm still struggling to take AJ, mate. 
Yeah, I would be benching Johnston for sure. Um, there's no way I'd be playing him, and I'd probably bench Cody Walker as well. I don't think I could play either of those guys if I own them this week. I'm going to make a call. My big call for this one is going to be it's going to be a Dower affair, probably the lowest super coach scoring game of the, of the weekend, and I reckon it might be a, a 13-12 type of scoreline um, or 18-17 or something. So, yeah, I, I'm happy that I don't have many players in this one. I'm not going to. But this next game... Could have points galore, I reckon, because these two have got a bit of a history of that. Um, the St. George Laura Dragons take on the New Zealand Warriors at Wynn Stadium, Saturday, 3 p.m. What a game to kick off Super Saturday. The Warriors were awful last week, um, and the Dragons are going to be looking for some redemption as well. So Dragons got unchanged side from that Roosters loss. Um, the Warriors have got Luke back, uh, Tohu Harris back, and Adam Blair all back, with uh, Mannering and Tobago dropping to the bench. So... That's three really begins for the Warriors, Luke, Harris, and Blair. Um, I own Harris. I've held him for a while, so I'm pretty happy with that one. I'm um, I'm on the lookout for a bit of a bounce back from the Warriors and um, some point scoring, but I'm most excited about Gareth Widdop and uh, Tim Laffey to a less, much lesser extent um, in my team. They could have a real good day out, and I do remember last year when I fell in love with Tim Laffey it was a Warriors game in about round five or six, and he um, scored about 130 points. He was just terrorising them. He just seems to really like playing the Warriors. So, a um, bit of a shame your name McDonald's not playing, because uh, I've got I him in my side. Say, I was just about to say, it's a shame that Pereira bloke is, uh, looks like he's on the right-hand side. Um, if he was playing left, um, he'd be a nice sort of downgrade for one, for one sort of game. With um, Would it maybe come back to his best at home versus the Warriors? Yeah. It's a is a really good game, Billy. As far as um, supercoach scoring, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon Vaughan might even bounce back a little bit this week. The Warriors, the Warriors um, can be beast mode when they feel like it, but geez, they geez, they turn up in patches. They they either want to play or they don't. Um, I don't know what what their I don't know what the the matrix is like in regards to. Um, what type of points they leak for um, forwards and edge forwards, but I reckon, I reckon Paul Vaughan will be due for a try this week. He's at home. Maybe it may be a first try scorer. Yeah, this one could be anything. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Warriors turn up and it's like, you know, a, a really entertaining 30 to 24 Dragons win. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if the Dragons just throw 50 on the, on the Warriors and just will, will put some more pressure on them to. To make that eight, still, I really don't know. Would you play? Would you play um, Harris this week? No, I, I'm not playing Harris this week. I think there's too many better second row options. I'd rather play, and he's coming back from an injury. I'm scared about them getting pumped a little bit and going off, or or getting re-injured as well. Um, and there's just too many good second rowers. I don't think I'd play. And as a matter of fact, even though I'm going to play Sean Johnson, I'm pretty scared about it as well. That's actually probably a really, really good point. Um, uh, we've talked about this time and time again, and some of the best players are not just the guys that you play. They're, some of the best players are the other guys that you don't play. And with Johnson's form at the moment, away from away from home versus uh, a very good defensive side, um, yeah, um, benching him could be a bit of a masterstroke. I, I know a bloke that benched um, Lolo last week, so maybe Johnson's the guy that you want to do it this week. But there, all, there is also that the fact that you know there are. Um, they're just a couple of games uh, ahead of the Tigers. Maybe, maybe they've got a point to prove. They think that, uh, Johnson's going to come out come out firing, but 
how many points do you think you could possibly score against the Dragons? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, the Dragons' form has been down as well. So it's just such a lottery this year where it's it's really hard to tell what's going to happen because every team seems to go on these runs where, you know, a, a month ago I thought the Dragons were great and this last month they've really come undone. So Sean Johnson's yeah. the one that I'm going to consider benching. Um, and it sounds crazy. I think you're right. It's, I think you're right. I reckon he's the lay of the day. If you were going to lay someone, I reckon he's the lay of the week. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with him too, I've got Nathan Cleary there, and I think a lot of other people will have Nathan Cleary. He's playing Canberra, um, and he's a captaincy option even. Um, you know, so do you want to waste – if you've got a lot of guys um, like most teams do and you can only pick four reserves, and it's really hard to pick four reserves this time of year – SJ's got to be on your reserve list. Maybe you're better off just, you know, putting a reserve on a Nathan Brown or someone than risking yeah. an SJ against the Dragons. Yeah, true. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to this one for Supercoach reasons. So I hope they all, all step up. Um, I am a Roger Tulvaza Sheck owner. He's been bitterly disappointing lately. I'm not going to be playing him. And I don't know what to make about this game at all, other than I'm going to say Gareth Widdop is going to score 80 plus, and that's going to be my big call for it. Eels versus Gold Coast Titans is the next one. And I reckon that your mum might get a win on this one, Billy. We've got uh, George Hello. Jennings returning. Jared Hayne <laughs> shifting back to centre. Takarini to the bench. Reed Mahoney starting at hooker. Salmon on the bench as a utility. And Tim Manor starting for Alvaro, who is out with Kane Evans coming in. So there's a host of changes, um, whereas for the Titans, they're completely unchanged. So the, the biggest thing is what we were talking about with Nathan Brown at the start of the pod, Billy. The bench really lends itself to, to Brown playing 80 minutes again. Um, and other than that, um, there isn't a huge amount to be excited about this game, except that you know both teams might score some points on each other. Yeah, I like Brown, mate. We talked on the phone uh, beforehand. I really do like him. Um, other than him, maybe I give Gutherson one, one last chance. It's, it's the bloody Titans. If you can't score points against them, mate, then... You've, you've got to be next. Um, but on the, on, the, on the flip side of that, though, Eels, um, Eels are a shithouse on, 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 their, on their edge defence, mate. Um, we chop and change a bit. Um, if, if, you, um, if you own a guy like Brinko Lee or, or Sammy, maybe, mate, it's maybe you want to even give one of those guys a run as a bit of a smoky. Have a Ryan James VC. Yeah, BC option. Um, you, you saw what um, you saw what um, Jennings did versus versus the Eels with the um, um, when they played the Rabbits a few weeks ago. Um, Brimson scored ninety something last week. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe his confidence is there. Maybe maybe he picks up and scores a few versus the Eels. So if you don't want to play, if you don't want to play SJ and you can't afford it can't afford a Cleary, maybe he might be a bit of a smoky pod move. Um, Brimson over Brimson over SJ, there you go. There's there, there's something you might want to think of. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, Ryan James is the, probably the only, uh, the only other one I would play in favour of resting arrow. Yeah, I think Ryan James could be um, could be in for a big week. It's... You reckon he gets increased minutes if Arrow, if Arrow pulls up um, a 45-minute type game? Well, I mean... rain on the bench. Arrow hasn't played much the last couple of weeks, and James's minutes have been um, pretty consistent. I think, like he's looking at, t- t- yeah, he's, well, he's- Matthew, Will Matthews is on the bench. He's an edge forward. Stockwell's not a, not exactly a massive, like not, not renowned for sort of um, 
doing too much. Mitch Rain is on the bench, so uh, I reckon it'll be a last minute change, a last minute interchange. I can't see that being the bench, mate. That's way too way too small for uh, having a, uh, a pack a pack like that with Arrow under an injury cloud. Yeah, I, I mean, Lassie, I reckon Larchie comes onto the bench. Yeah, Larchie played last week, so I, I do think Larchie. he comes in again. But I mean, Stockwell and Fitzwater can play quite a bit, and maybe they're looking at. Um, I know James getting James and Wallace getting big minutes. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, I, I would be happy to own Ryan James this week. I think the edge defence on the Eels, like you said, is not going to be great. Um, and he's a genuine yeah. PC option, or you could even just risk it and go see. Because uh, my call for this week is Ryan James is going to get a try. He's been pretty quiet um, since he had his three tons in a row. He's gone 52, 56, 58, and 49. Um, he actually only played 61 minutes last week, but before that he was 70 and 380s in a row. So uh, I think he's going to be closer to 70 to 80 minutes this week as well. And I wouldn't hesitate in um, at least getting the VC on him against the Eels. So uh, let's move on to a slightly better game. The Roosters versus the Cows is the last game on the Super Saturday. Um, obviously, the Roosters have been on fire. The Cows got a good win that they um, desperately needed for their morale. The Roosters have got Ryan Madison moving to 5'8 for Keery. Um, Kurt Baptist is recorded on the bench. Um, but they do have Mitch Cornish and Sean O'Sullivan in the reserves. I am a bit suspicious that one of those guys, particularly O'Sullivan, He's going to end up playing in the halves. Um, I just think Madison's become too much of a big forward and they've built his game around that. Um, I think they're going to want to take a bit more pressure off Cronk with a genuine half. So I could see that happening. Um, with the Cows, we've got Matt Scott starting at Cronk with Asiata moving to the bench as their only change. This one smells of super coach glory for any Roosters that you own. Um, I've got Fergo and Tedesco. I've enjoyed owning both quite a bit. Um, and I am thinking about either Mitchell or Madison, like I was saying before, and this is definitely a week I can see either of them scoring pretty well, and it is a week as well where I can consider maybe benching Tom Alolo, so those are my big questions for this game. Yeah, um, Madison's a bit of a concern. If he thinks he's going to be a late switch, it's the last game of the, last game of the round, isn't it? No, no, this is only the last one of Saturday, so right. you got a couple more after this. Jeez, but he had two scotches. <laughs> all right, all right. So there's plenty of so there's, there's plenty of outs still. Um, yeah, Madison looks like a good one. Uh, oh shit, there's a first of the cows. Mate, I'd, I'd play any one of Tedesco, Lateral, Ferguson, Madison. What do you reckon about the sneaky save straight on Tedesco? Oh mate, he's in form. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna, not going to say it's a no-brainer, but mate, the bloke's in form. Um, he's the fact that um, the fact that um, what do you call it? Um, Kiri is out. Maybe maybe there's not as much left side work, and, and what do you call it? Crook gets Crook gets a bit uh, bit more bit more of the ball. Teddy pops off a bit more. Just he knows his movement now. You saw that um, the outside inside ball that they did last week. They just yeah. they know they know exactly what's happening now. Maybe it turns into a bit of the um, Teddy Crook show this week because of. Um, um, yeah, Kiri just being out, and, and, and Madison is just more of a more of a sort of first second receiver, a second receiver at left. I tell you what, the yeah. other thing with it as well is that um, the Roosters have obviously been on fire the last few weeks, and Teddy's been involved in all of that. 
They've looked fantastic yeah. and like they're going to score points. They're playing against the side in the Cowboys who, I tell you what, I um, I think I mentioned to you, I did mention to a few of the boys, I was desperately looking forward. The most thing I was looking forward to my holiday finishing with was coming back home and watching some football because I obviously didn't get to do that for a few weeks as much as I would have liked to, um, certainly not properly. The first few games of that round last week were brutal. It was such terrible football. And I've got to say, the Cowboys won against Newcastle. It, is, it was the least convincing, worst win I've ever seen. They played awful for 80 minutes. Even when they won the game in the second half, they were terrible. So, I mean, if they – I remember saying to a few guys, if the Cowboys played that second half against the top eight side, let alone the best side in the comp potentially, they would have had 30 points put on them just in the second half. And they won yeah. that second half. So Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at that team. Why not, mate? TMM, Lynette, O'Neill, Clifford, out of form, SJ, an old, an old injury injury cloud, Matt Scott, Cullen Hess has, and, and hasn't done much lately, Tom Lavo, 40 minutes. Yeah, mate, so that's, oh, you, you can make a case for Australia to see on pretty much half a dozen blokes in there, or at least a VC option for half a dozen chooks, mate. I, I think I think your Tedesco call was pretty good. I might, uh, I might seriously think about that one myself. Yeah, I'm going to be seriously thinking about doing that one with the C, maybe um, between him and Widdop. Um So, yeah, I think this one's going to be a shellacking. I'm going to go, um, the Cowboys will be a little bit resistant at the beginning and then the Roosters will heat up and go for a 36-10 win. Um, let's move on to the next one. So, the Sunday games, we've got the Sharks versus the Manly wearing the Seagulls and, geez, aren't, aren't Manly in all sorts. Um that loss last week against Penrith was terrible. Um, really bad, six or seven minute run, and they lose that game. Wade Graham's coming back for the Sharks, so Scott Sorensen drops, and Paul to the reserves. Uh, Josh Dugan's been named in the reserves, but apparently he is going to return. Um, and Martin Tapao returns to the starting side. Biggest takeaway from this one is Tapao starting again. It's really annoyed me because I benched him last week and he scored his 88 points or whatever. And I played Arrow instead, and geez, that just killed my round. I just went on a, a roller coaster downhill. Um, first, that was the first thing, and then the second thing after that, I panicked because I made that decision. So I took the C off Cook, and I put it on SJ instead, and obviously that killed me too. So those two moves cost me 150 points, and I blame Manly for all of them. Yeah, same. So, uh, uh, Holmes, Holmes and Fifi are the only ones of interest from the Sharks for me. Uh, I'd go, um, yeah, obviously, Turbo, Turbo is your no-brainer. Um, Turbo to power, Trebojevic. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the only ones you'd seriously play. Do you think that the Manly guys are going to play well this week, though? Because there's you know a couple of ways to think about it. One is going to be that they're... Not, not, a, not a Shark Park. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I'd be really worried if I own these Manly guys because, you know, if you own Turbo, you pretty much have to play him. And same with Gerbo, both those Trevojeviches, you've got to play him. But I wouldn't be surprised if um, if they don't go too well this week because it would have been massively deflating last week for Manly to lose in the way that they did. And that's back-to-back weeks where, you know, they got pumped by the, the Roosters and then had a really bad loss last week. And now it looks like Trent Barrett's going to be out of there with all these rumours. I, I just can really see the Eagles capitulating for the rest of the season at this point. Um, yeah, maybe. But yeah, you're right. Th- th- those are two sorts of names that you can't just leave out. Turbo and Jerdo, mate, they're, they're too good. 
Um, I think Turbo was on. I don't know what he was on, but I remember him being on pretty ordinary points last week, and then all of a sudden he just takes off. He's that type of guy who can be 25 first half, 25 second half, and then yeah, yes, one 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 line break assist and and the try assist all goes over himself from a 40 down. He's gone. He goes from 50 to 90 in a space of three seconds. It's probably what they call him Turbo. <laughs> yeah, it's probably got something to do with it. Um, yeah, maybe. Not only Valentine Holmes is the, the big thing with this game when I'm watching, I'm, I'm going to be really scared not to own Holmes. I, there's no way I can get him. But um, this is a type of game where he's going to carve up again and you know score a hat-trick or something. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to watching this one, really. Um, I think that I don't know many players and um, guys like Holmes are going to make me look silly for not being able to buy him. But, yeah, that's the way it goes. Panthers versus the Raiders is the next one, though, in the last um, game of the round. This is a big one. We've got Peachy retaining his place at fullback. Um, Regan Campbell-Gillard maybe a late inclusion as well. Um, for the Raiders, they've got Caesar returning, halves, Blake Austin replacing Whitehead in the centre, which is interesting. Um, does allow Whitehead to go back to the second row. Um, and the other big super coach news of this one, mate, is Nick Kotrick gets a run at fullback again. Uh, without any shifting to the wings. So, those Kotrick owners... How did he go in his early game there? Um, two weeks ago, was it? Yeah, I think he went pretty well. Um, I mean, it's only a small sample, so we haven't seen much of it. So, I don't think you can well, At this point in the season, you, you, you probably want to take some risks. So, um, there might be one or two people that actually only um, that actually picked him up for the first buy that just sort of haven't gotten rid of him. So... A possible pod play, although Canberra away from home versus um, a team that's desperately desperately in need of a win. Uh, not sure I can play, but if you really, really need a pod, um, uh, it's, it's, the la- it's the last game of the weekend, so you could bench him and use him as an emergency if you needed, if, if needed to get a win. So do you think the Raiders will be the sort of side that bounce back this week? Or it's going to be the opposite and they just capitulate? Uh, I... Don't think so, mate. I reckon I reckon the Barrington Panthers turn up this week. Yeah, I do as well because Panthers basically played terrible last week and then like just stole the win. So I feel like they're not going to play that badly Momen- to start the game. No, Momentum is a massive thing, mate. I reckon they come off the back of that and saying to themselves, "Look, it's only the Raiders. Let's fire up. Let's get ourselves in good, in good position going into the finals and uh, to keep the momentum going." I reckon they'll I reckon they'll go well this week, mate. I reckon clearly. I reckon clearly leads them. Yeah, Cleary see, does look pretty appealing, doesn't it, with the goal kicking? Um, kick, kick, I don't know. Kick out looks bloody scary um, this week. He's that type of bloke who'll be on sort of 50 points with 10 minutes to go, and you'll see defenders sort of um, being dragged behind him and praying. And just, just please don't put the ball over the line because that, that's 35 points you'll never get back if you don't own him. So <laughs> if, you own, if you own kick out, I think he's one guy you really got to play this week. Yeah, I think that. Um, Anybody that's in the Panthers lineup, you have to play them this week. Um, I'd be playing any Panthers, and I'd be playing any Dragons this week. That's um, those would be the couple of games I'd be focusing on, and any Roosters as well. There's there's a few games there where it looks like there's going to be a lot of points, and a lot of the star players are going to shine. So this last one's going to be a big one. Would you play? Uh, would you play uh, BJ or a partner this week if you owned them? No. Um, I don't think I would, um, but in saying that, I was joking with some of the guys earlier today when I was talking about a few players. Um, I said I said that um, Joey Lowe Lewis, one of the worst players, because you just got no idea. Um, you'll be looking forward to a game against the Titans, 
thinking he's going to turn up and he scores you 16 points and then you'll want to bench him against you know, a side like the Roosters and he'll score 85. You just can't. You can't pick it with BJ. He's a, the most frustrating player. Um, I mean, I sold him two weeks ago um, to cash in. Feel your pain, mate. Yeah, I, I would probably. I really don't know. It's it's such a hard call because Rapana as well has been playing pretty well lately, but that Raiders side could just capitulate completely. And Rapana um, last week got the the sin bin as well and ended up with a really poor score. Um, I I would be happy not to own any Raiders um, at this point for the rest of the season. I reckon. Really. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to touch him. The, the Raiders players and, um, to a lesser extent, Manly, because they're a bit more talented. So I can see those two clubs just going really bad. Yeah, I agree. Just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, that was the last one of the, the round, um, and I think that we're both uh, giving ourselves some headaches looking at some really good VC and C options, and it looks like there's a lot for this one. Mate, I'm, I'm just going to with the uh, round prizes now, so I might take you up on half a dozen of those pods. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, thanks for jumping on and good luck this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, buddy. Take it easy. All right, guys. Um, hopefully, you're, you're back and listening again. Um, sorry that we had to have a few weeks off, but we'll be back every week now until the end of the season, and then we'll probably do a bit of a review. Um, you can download us on iTunes as normal. Uh, also, stream or download on SoundCloud. And follow us on Twitter at NRL underscore SC underscore Allstars. Um, and otherwise, guys, good luck with your captaincy choices. And if you're up to your last two trades like I am, make sure that you choose them wisely. <laughs>